Yes, testing, good. All right, glad to be here this evening. I'm gonna, I don't know if this is against the rules, but I'm gonna tie up the rope here, it's in my way. Um, I'm sure I'm making the sound guys mad. I'm probably not supposed to do that. There we go. Yes, no, one too many. There it is. All right, man, I was thinking as they were singing, I was thinking about that bus ride yesterday. I don't know. I don't know about you. I was. I mean, wasn't that exciting? Wasn't that awesome, hopping on the bus? It was packed. Smelled terrible. It was, <laughs> it was great. I don't know. I don't know. Any, any hotter? If it was warm outside, I can't imagine what the drive home would be like. It was nice and cold yesterday, so that may have been to our benefit there. Uh, but it was a blessing. And then to hear about those, those souls saved, whoa, amen, that's exciting. Over 2,000 doors knocked this week. Looking forward to what's going to happen, what's going to take place this week. I think if my phone is accurate, which it usually is, the weather is going to be a lot better this week. And so we're, we'll see how that goes. Man, I'm just excited to be here. The opportunity to preach. I see Ian back there. Good to see you, man. I don't normally call people out in the auditorium like this, but I'm going to anyway. We go way back, don't we, Ian? Good to see you. I don't normally call names like Brother Mike was fixing his hair, hair in the mirror back there before, the, before he came in. I saw that. So I won't, I, that'll probably, the last two names I'll call tonight, but Brother Mike gets it, and, and, and that's okay. Man, I'm just, just fired up. Who else is excited to be in church tonight? Man, I walked outside a moment ago, and the sun was shining, blue skies, just cool, crisp air. I'm like, this is great. This is awesome. This is where it's at, right here, Community Baptist Temple, and I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to walk through the book of Jeremiah, every single chapter. I'm not going to make it to every single one, but go to Jeremiah chapter 1. I didn't intend to start in chapter 1, uh, but that's what we're going to do tonight. We'll start there, and we'll spend, uh, we'll spend uh, the majority of the time in chapter 20. But we'll start here in chapter 1. I'm going to read just a couple of verses to kind of kick, get things kicked off. I love this time of year. I'm looking forward to next Sunday. 
I'm excited. I love Easter Sunday. It's, every Sunday is special, but there is just, there's just something different, right, Gary? He's shaking his head. I'm just calling names tonight. I can't help myself. No, there's just something special about that day. Man, when we can really, truly wrap our minds around what it represents, it's powerful. And the choir was singing in practice earlier, and I'm just fired up. I'm ready for it. Uh, tonight, I'm excited to talk about Jeremiah. Uh, Jeremiah didn't exactly have that awfully of an inspirational message. Uh, he had a rough message to pass on. And it really, in all, all honesty, wasn't received with open arms. Uh, but I was excited to hear uh, when I was at my grandparents' house yesterday that my grandpa is walking through Jeremiah right now also. And I thought, man, the Lord laid Jeremiah on my heart and grandpa confirmed it. That's it. That's the one. Uh, I was just excited to hear that. We've both been walking through Jeremiah at the same time. Didn't know that. But we got to talking about it yesterday in the living room. And it's just amazing to be able to sit down with loved ones, with family, anyone, and just talk. We can talk about so many things. It's so easy to get caught up in all the craziness of our world. But just to be able to sit there for a moment and just speak on Scripture, that was, that was refreshing. And I, I, I enjoyed that, Grandpa. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse number 5. Let's start there and let's open up with a word of prayer and we'll begin. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to be here tonight. Father, for those souls that have been saved through the outreach efforts, uh, for those that have been involved and those that will be involved this week, we're excited about what you're going to do. I pray that you would con continue to give us boldness, strength, and stamina as we go. Lord, that we would go in your strength, your power, and your might. Father, with your words, I pray that you would bless us here tonight. I pray that you would give me the words to say. Use me this evening, Father, I pray. Bless the scripture uh, that will be spoken on. We'll give you the honor, the praise, the glory for it all. In Jesus' name, amen. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse number 5. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee, a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child. For thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said unto me, Behold, I put my words in thy mouth. That's important. We'll come back to that. See, I have this day sent thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out, and to pull down, and to destroy, and to throw down, to build, and to plant. I said that was important. It's so awfully important that we go with the Lord's words, the words that he has given us. It's so easy to argue and to debate, to discuss specific topics and go with our personal ideas, our 
our personal thoughts on the matter, but what does God have to say? Do we know what God has to say? Over a hundred, I should say over 150 verses, the phrase, thus saith the Lord, is used in the book of Jeremiah alone. And many, many other variations of the same. Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. If we are going to make an impact in our community, in our world, it will be in and through Jesus Christ and the words that he has given us, this book, the Bible. This book right here is powerful. And we heard about it yesterday in the Go Rally. What do you do? What did preacher tell us to do? You get to the door and it's time to start speaking on the gospel. He said, open up your Bible. There's power there. And that's the truth. Jeremiah had a message from the Lord and he preached that message. I want to preach a message this evening on that topic. Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. Look, he was called, and what did he say? I'm just, I'm like, I'm young, I'm a teenager, just in my youth. How could, how could I be used of you, God? He said, don't you worry about it, Jeremiah. I'll take care of it. I'm giving you words to speak. You preach my words, and you'll be just fine. And we can place so much pressure on ourselves I think about ourselves right now in the midst of a, of a spring promotion and we're knocking extra doors. And this time of year, is, it's, it's a blessing and it's awesome, but at the same time, we're kind of getting all the kinks worked out. Even myself, I'm, I'm talking at the door and we go door knocking and I speak to people at the doors all the time, but door after door and consistently here, the spring promotion, we're kind of just getting rid of the cobwebs. We're kind of getting back into the groove just a little bit. And we can place a whole bunch of pressure on ourselves just to say the right thing, just to be so perfectly smooth and clear. Let's go in and through Jesus Christ. He'll take care of it. He's the one that's going to make the difference. And God said to Jeremiah, don't you worry. It's going to be just fine, Jeremiah. I'll be with you. We'll see that at the end of our message. And what a beautiful, beautiful picture. And point that is to never forget that Jesus is here with us. He had a calling. Let's jump over to chapter 20. Jeremiah chapter 20. Jeremiah was called, yes. And he had a message to preach to the nations. And he preached that message. And back up with me. I said chapter 20. The, the last two verses of chapter 19. Let's look at those really quick. Chapter 19, verse number 14 and verse number 15. The Bible says, Then came Jeremiah from Tophet with, with uh, whither the Lord had sent him to prophesy. And he stood in the court of the Lord's house and said to all the people. Here it is again. Look at this. Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. Behold. I will bring upon this city and upon all her towns all the evil that I have pronounced against it, because they have hardened their necks 
that they might not hear my words. Mm. They didn't want to hear it. They didn't want to hear the message. Can I tell you, I think it's interesting here, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, but we're going to find in just a moment, in chapter 20, verse number 1, we see a guy by the name of Pasher. And he's supposed to be a godly man. And we'll find throughout the book of Jeremiah, one of Jeremiah's greatest adversaries were those that were supposedly working for God himself. The pastors, the preachers, the prophets, the priests, they were the ones undermining the message that Jeremiah had been given by God himself. I think it's amazing how in the Old Testament of all places, the Old Testament, we're in the New Testament, we're talking about the church, but we can see a beautiful picture, a scary picture of where we're at right here today. Right there in Jeremiah. Those preachers. Jeremiah, he says, listen, doom and gloom, there is, there is a judgment coming. You have gone your own way. You have forsaken God Almighty. And there will be consequences. And the pastors, the preachers, the priests, they say, it'll be just fine. That guy's crazy. You know that fire and brimstone type preaching? We can't stand it. It's harsh. It hurts. Don't listen to that guy. We have an encouraging message for you today. We want you to walk out of church feeling good about yourself. We don't know anything about that today in America, do we? Oh, man. Certain people walk into Community Baptist Temple and they think to themselves, what is that guy doing up there? Pastor O'Donnell's just going crazy, slobbering all over himself, screaming and yelling at us. Good grief, settle down, man. We think to ourselves, what? This is great. We get this every service. Praise the Lord. Give it to us straight, preacher. And we appreciate that. We're thankful for that. But guess what? That's not happening in a lot of churches across America. Mm, that's too bad. That's unfortunate. Because there's an entire nation that's struggling here. They're headed towards captivity. Babylon is coming. And Jeremiah is saying, guess what, folks? Listen to me. This has come straight from God. I have a message for you. Hear me now. You got to straighten up. They didn't want to hear it. They did not want to hear it. Look at them. In chapter 20, verse number 1, now Pasher, the son of Emmer, the priest, who was also the chief, chief governor in the house of the Lord, Heard that Jeremiah prophesied these things. Remember in the previous chapter just a moment ago? He didn't like it. Then Pasher smote Jeremiah the prophet and put him in stocks that were in the high gate of Benjamin, which was by the house of the Lord. Okay, now it's getting serious. Jeremiah is preaching a message, and guess what? This man, Pasher, he doesn't like it. And he, whether he sent someone to do it or he did it himself, he smacks old Jeremiah around. He puts him in stocks, making him a public example right, that, right out there in the open for all to see. Look at this guy. I told you. He's nothing. He's nobody. Hear my words, Pastor says. Jeremiah is saying, no, 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 no. Listen to me. 
And he continues in verse number three. And it came to pass on the morrow, just another day, the pasture brought forth Jeremiah out of the stocks. Then said Jeremiah unto him, the Lord hath not called thy name Pasher, but Magar Mizabib. Now you can call me a lot of things. <laughs> call me Magar Mizabib and see what happens. <laughs> no, I actually haven't been able to get over that name. I have been, I, I read it and then I laugh and then I get back to it and read and, and laugh again. I love the name. I love it. Sarah's been struggling with the name for the baby. I thought, here we go. <laughs> what do you say? Magar Mizabib. She was having none of it, all right? I kind of figured as much. Jeremiah, he's faced some difficulties now. You know, it's frustrating. You've probably been there when you're preaching the message, you're trying to share the good news, and nobody wants anything to do with it. That's hard, right? Man, don't you? You need this. You know how important this is. You're out there knocking doors and that person that slams the door in your face. That person says, no, I know where I'm going. I'm going to hell and I don't care. I've had it happen. Maybe you've heard that before. And your heart breaks for someone like that because this isn't a game we're playing. This is real. And I'm sure Jeremiah is frustrated. No one wants to hear him out. No one wants to listen to the words that he's been given by God. And now it's not just rejection of those words. But he's being punished now, thrown in jail, persecuted for his faith, for these words. And one of the first times in the chapter or in this book, he starts to struggle a little bit. And I think this is good for every single one of us in the room. Jeremiah starts to struggle. Let's jump down to verse number seven. The Bible says, O Lord... Thou hast deceived me, and I, I was deceived. Thou art stronger than I, and hast prevailed. I am in derision daily. Everyone mocketh me. For since I speak, I cried out. I cried violence and spoil, because the word of the Lord was made a reproach unto me, and a derision daily. Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. You know, he, you know, Jeremiah's having some doubts, some second guesses. At the moment, he's just struggling. Listen, they're making fun of me. Derision daily. He is a laughingstock. Just being mocked, maligned, mistreated, made fun of. That's Jeremiah. That's where he's at right now. And he's saying, you know what? Maybe I just, how about I just take a step back? I'm just going to kind of keep to myself. I'm going to back off this message just a little bit. I'm kind of done preaching that. I'm kind of done talking that. I'm kind of done living this life. This is tough. This is hard. It's not getting me anywhere. That's where he finds himself. I'm curious. Has anyone else in the room ever found themselves right there before? Think, what's the use I, I, I speak of Jesus at work and they just shoot me down. And quite frankly, they just make fun of me and they goof off about it. And it's not, it's, it's not even worth it. What about teenagers at school? I, I'm not going to carry my Bible. <laughs> I'll get made fun of. I don't want to talk about Jesus. I, they'll, they'll make fun of me. 
That's where we're at today. Jeremiah was a bit uncomfortable here, and he's struggling. But I am encouraged by what takes place here. I stopped halfway through the verse. You see, Jeremiah is struggling. He's hurting. It's been pretty difficult. But he can't help himself. Jeremiah can't. He had every intention. I believe I'm done. Done preaching. I'm done with this message. No more. I believe that those were his intentions. But let's continue on in verse number nine. But his word was in mine heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones. And I was weary with forbearing and I could not stay. You know what he says? I tried. I tried to keep it down for a second, but I couldn't help myself. I got to preach this word. This word that's God, that God has given me, I've got to say something. He couldn't help himself. Maybe you've backed off. I've been there. It's easy to get there. I've backed off. I'm just going to take it easy. I'm not getting anywhere. No. Like Jeremiah, let's fight on. Keep going. Don't quit. God has given you a message. God has put you in a specific place right where you're supposed to be. Are you preaching the truth? Are you the example there that you ought to be where God has you? Oh, we've been, make, we've been making a big deal, a big deal about the soul winning, the door knocking and the outreach. And it is a big deal. Just talk to those two that accepted Christ yesterday. It's a big deal. And the more we get out on those troop carriers, the more souls I believe we'll see saved. Let's get out there. Let's go and let's preach that message, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. But that doesn't stop on Saturday. It doesn't end on Sunday. The conclusion of the Sunday night message. Are we making a difference where God has us? Jeremiah, some reservations, some hesitation. But he says, I can't help myself. But his word was in mine heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones. And I was weary with forbearing. And I could not stay. I, I am encouraged by this. To know that God can use Jeremiah when struggling, when hurting. Knowing that I'm there far too often. Trying to be as transparent as possible. I hesitate to pass out the gospel track. I hold back too, too often when God says, talk to that person about Christ. Yesterday, as we're walking down the street, I don't know how he had a stereo system left in his vehicle because it was so loud. I'm pretty sure eight streets down, you guys probably heard the music in this vehicle. People are screaming and going crazy in the house. And this wasn't every house, this wasn't every door, but I walked on up and started talking. I was, I was hesitating just a little bit. 
what am I about to find? What is going to happen here? And we assume the worst, right? I'm knocking on the door. I just let the, I left the truck alone. I just, we'll, we'll see what's, I'm not sure what's going on. I couldn't see what's going on in the car. So I'm knocking on the door. And the music stops and the window goes down. And there's a gentleman inside willing to talk, willing to accept a gospel track. With a smile on his face, he says, hey, how you doing? <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> it, was, it was smooth sailing. But you know what? For a second there, the devil tried to get me to hesitate. See, I wouldn't on this one. It's a bit too intense. I wouldn't worry about it. There's plenty of other doors on the street. He's a little busy right now. No, he took that gospel track. We talked to the lady inside, and you know what? She wants so bad for someone to come and pick up her children and take them to Sunday school. We could have walked right by. They need this message. Are we willing to go and to preach? Hmm. I was encouraged by the message this morning in relation to what I would be speaking on tonight. And, and I felt that that preacher knocked it out, out of the park, did a great job this morning. It was exactly what we needed to hear right here, right now. It was powerful. And I can't help but see America right now where it's at in the insanity that is taking place. It's crazy out there. But guess what? We can't stop preaching the truth. We must continue on. We must, guess what? The devil, he's, it's, the grip is tighter and tighter every single day. And the world is getting sucked up in it. And the things that are being debated, the topics that are being discussed, are just mind-boggling. Unbelievable. That's Satan. And that's what we're fighting. I remember back when I was a kid, and I was at, she's not here tonight, and I don't know if she's listening or not, but I, Mrs. Smith, you know, she played the piano for years and years, and I would go to her house all the time. Me and my brother and my two sisters, we'd end up, a lot of times on Sunday nights, my parents would be at church late, late, late talking to people, and we lived in the same area, so we would drive home with Mrs. Smith, and that was always fun. Sometimes she'd take us out to eat, or there'd be something, she'd do something fun or goofy at the house, and one thing that I always looked forward to was the fact that she had a snake. I love snakes. <laughs> a boa constrictor, all right? So she would pull this snake out. Its name was Clyde. I loved Clyde. Clyde was awesome. And so she was sitting on a chair, and she pulled Clyde out, and she would like to wrap the snake around her neck and just and show off the snake. Sometimes they would take the snake out into public and just throw people for a loop. It, she loved the snake. It was fun. And so she's sitting here, and so something different happened this time. She sits down in her chair, and I don't know if she had just recently got it, never tried it before, but you know those little mats that you sit on, uh, like a uh, massager or something? She was getting a back massage while she had the snake around her neck. And for some reason, that snake was shook by it. Like, what is going on? And it was getting tighter and tighter. And it's around Mrs. Smith's neck. 
she's sitting there, and we can see it getting tighter around her neck. And notice how she normally moves the snake around wherever she wants it. She's, she's pulling at it, and it's not moving anymore. They're like, she notices before we even say anything, she says, it'll be just fine. It's not going to be just fine. This thing's going to kill you, Mrs. Smith. So finally, her daughter realizes that it's that, that massager that's kind of making it happen. We got that figured out, and she was just fine. She really was. But for a second there, I wasn't so sure. That thing, I was amazed. Oh, you see about, you, you see on television, you know, the strength of that snake. But I felt it in that moment where it was constricting. And honestly, there was nothing I could have done as a little boy there to get that snake off of Mrs. Smith. It's tighter and tighter. And it kept wrapping around, getting a little tighter each and every single time. It got pretty intense. And can I tell you that Satan today, going round and round this world, and he's getting tighter and tighter. And you know there's a world out there that's saying, it's just fine. We're doing fine. It's okay. No big deal. They don't realize how severe the situation really is. They can't get out. But I will say there is one. I was helpless. I was hopeless in that moment. But there is one that can free the sinner. There is one that can make a difference in your marriage. There is one that can help you right, right here where you're at. Jesus Christ. We must never forget it. And Jeremiah just kept preaching. He kept preaching. You know what? Look at this message in verse number 8. For since I spake, I cried out. Notice the manner of his message. I touched on it a moment ago. But Jeremiah, he was letting it rip. Just like our preacher. He was preaching it. Hot and heavy right down the line. There were other preachers in his day that weren't that way. They weren't like that at all. I wasn't planning on it, but I'm going to read something. I thought about it, so I put it here on my phone. I don't want to be a liar. I do have something here. But I'm going to read this. I'm burdened. Before I read this, I'm burdened about the churches across America. And we can take for granted what we have here. Okay? We need that preaching. That type of preacher that Jeremiah is ripping and snorting. He's going crazy. We need that preaching that is straight down the line. We've got a bunch of inspirational speakers out there trying to be a blessing to congregations. And there are, there are Christians across America that are flocking to these churches just so they can feel, feel good about themselves. It's not what we need, folks. Before I get into this, I think about this message and the intensity of the message, the severity, people lost and dying and on their way to a devil's hell. Back in the fall, Dussel's farm has a corn maze. The teenagers, we went, and they pretty much all got lost and never got out. But before the teenagers went, I went with my wife and Macy and Travis was with us. And we went through this corn maze. And we made it, made it out. It took a little while, but we got out. 
And over by the big, this big barn, this big barn has been there for 125 years, literally, not an exaggeration, 125 years. And they've got all this stuff set up, and we're going to take a few pictures, okay? And got Macy there, got the fan. We're, we're, we're holding Macy. We take a picture. Macy's running around. They've got a few activities, a few things by this barn. And you know what? I'm talking to the lady uh, that's in charge, just having a conversation. Yeah, the teens, we're going to be coming on out here next week, blah, 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 just having some talk. She's real nice. And Macy's over by the barn. I say, okay, Macy, come on over here. Get on over here. And she wants to play. No big deal, but come on over. Now, that was my, that was the tone that day. But last Saturday, if Macy was playing over by that barn, let me tell you something, my tone would have been just a little different. Why, you may ask. Because from this parking lot on Saturday, I noticed a big old dark, dark smoke, pile of smoke up in the sky. I'm thinking, wow, something over in Ellet. That's, it looked like that direction. It actually went beyond, and that 125-year-old barn was completely engulfed in flames. Went up, and I have a picture. I wish I could have thrown it up on, I didn't think about it. Unbelievable. I could see the smoke from here. And can I tell you something? Macy playing by that barn a few months ago, no big deal. All right, Macy, come on over here. But if she was anywhere near that barn last Saturday, can I tell you? I'm not going to demonstrate right now. <laughs> I'd blow the speakers. Because I, <laughs> I don't want her anywhere near that flame. The damage that it did, we drove by just two days ago. Smoke still coming up. The damage that was done, wow, unbelievable. Oh, would you just settle down, you preachers, you fundamental Baptist preachers, calm down. Would you quiet down? Why do you always got to be screaming and whatnot? Hell is very real. And there are people going to that place every single day. Let's just talk to them. Let's just encourage the brethren. Let's just, let's just, be, let's just be buddy, buddy and friends. Here it is. And I didn't know that his name was brought up last Sunday, but I'm going to bring it up again. I, I'm, not, I'm not here to, to bash any man, but I'm going to, I'm going to bash the message here. Uh, Joel Olstein. I guess he was mentioned last week in a message, and that's fine. I'm going to bring it up again. The Lord gave this to me, and I'm just going to, we're going to, Lakewood Church pastor Joel Olstein says he isn't cheating, cheating anyone by not talking about hell or repentance, insisting that people feel guilty enough already. And he wants to lift up believers instead of bringing them down. When asked in an Easter Sunday interview by CBS News Sunday morning program, do you feel like you're cheating people by not telling them about the hell part or the repentance part? Olstein answered, no, I, I really don't. Because it's a different approach. He continued, you know, it's, it's not hellfire and brimstone. But I say most people are beating down, beaten down enough by life. They already feel guilty enough. They're not doing what they should, like raising their kids. We can all find reasons. So I want them to come to Lakewood or, or our meetings and be lifted up to say, you know what? I may not be perfect, but I'm moving forward. I'm doing better. And I think that motivates you to do Okay, motivational speakers, they make us feel good for a second. 
and we walk back out and we feel just fine. Great, let's go on with the week. Jeremiah was dealing with it. Pastor Mark O'Donnell is dealing with it. Preachers that are preaching down the line, the scripture, the word of God, they're dealing with it. It's across this nation. We're hurting, folks. We're getting soft. And guess what? Preacher can get up here and, and, and rip and snort about politics. And guess what? We're on our feet shouting. Yep, you're right, preacher. What a terrible day it is. We get to shouting and going crazy. There are people dying and going to hell every single day. And we stay silent. Jeremiah couldn't help himself. No, I'm not going to talk about it anymore. I'm done. But his word was in my heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones. And I was weary with forbearing. And I could not stay. Mason, get away from that barn! I'm not going to just stand by and let it happen. But we got friends and family members, neighbors, co-workers that are dying and on their way to a devil's hell. And I said it yesterday, accidentally, I said it. No, it was Tuesday night. I'm not here to steal you from your church. Actually, yes, I am. <laughs> and, I, and I pretty much, I, I actually did say that because I, I lied. I said, it, it was someone from a Catholic church. I said, I'm not here to steal you from our church. And I stopped halfway through. I said, actually, I, I might be. <laughs> so I love my church. And I went down that line. Guess what? We need to. We might need to. You, you might have some, some neighbors that go to a church that's not preaching the gospel. They need to be at Community Baptist Temple. You may have some co-workers that you've talked to, and they've got their church. They may, I'm not sure what church they go to. They, they might need to come to Community Baptist Temple. They're going to hear it right here. This book, Thus Saith the Lord. Thus Saith the Lord. At the workplace, thus saith the Lord. In the neighborhood, thus saith the Lord. Let's stop debating with folks our personal opinions, our thoughts and ideas. Thus saith the Lord. Quickly and I'm done. Jeremiah chapter 6. Jeremiah chapter 6, verse number 16. Again, how does the verse start? Thus saith the Lord. Stand ye in the ways, and see, and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? And walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk. Therein. They said, We will not walk therein. Dad, your children are counting on you to get this right. Husband, your wife and family is counting on you to get this right. This decision right here, thus saith. The Lord, stand ye in the ways, and see and ask for the old paths. You don't think Jeremiah wasn't facing it in his day? 
There it was. Yeah. Weak Christianity. Soft. Old paths. That's what we need. Where is the good way? And walk therein. And ye, what? Well, look at this. And ye shall find what? Rest for your souls. We're looking for something special. Something new. Teach me. Oh, we want all this knowledge. Let's search. Let's look for the old paths. They had it figured out. Jeremiah knows. The Apostle Paul, he knew. He had it figured out. What was it? Thus saith the Lord. You better get a thus saith the Lord on every decision you make. Every word you speak. We make decisions too easy. We go and we do. What did the Lord say? Were you supposed to change jobs? Thus saith the Lord. That friendship, that relationship, teenager, thus saith the Lord. How should I respond? What does God say? Thus saith the Lord. Jeremiah, he had a message to preach. And he preached it hot and heavy. Right down the line. Guess what? It was a message that was not welcomed again with open arms. Quickly received. Happily received. No. And guess what? In the world in which we live, it's not always, we're not always welcomed with open arms with this message. But am I speaking the truth? Am I giving God's word? Because this is all that matters right here. This book. Let's simplify this process, folks. Does Pastor Mark O'Donnell preach this book? Yes, he does. Is this book taught in your Sunday school classes? Yes, it is. That rest that we find there, some are a bit uneasy today. Some are struggling. And can I tell you that if Jeremiah would have, would have continued there in verse 9, he never changed his tune and decided to just shut up for the time being, can I tell you that man would have had absolutely no rest. Some of us have stopped preaching the truth. Some of us have stopped living this book. We've changed our ways. We've changed our thoughts and opinions. And you know what's crazy? It appears that we're more frustrated. We're struggling more than ever before. Why? Maybe we're searching for a better way. A more profitable way. Let's do things God's way. Therein we will find rest. Searching for the old paths. What does God have to say? Over and over and over again, there in the book of Jeremiah, thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. Nothing crazy here tonight. But I'm burdened by the departure of Christianity today. 
we're being distracted. We're being distracted by Satan. And we get all riled up and worked up for a good cause. But are we fighting the good fight? Or are we just spinning our wheels while Satan ensures that grip is tighter and tighter each and every passing day? Thus saith the Lord. Let's preach it. Tomorrow, that's the job. There you are. Thus saith the Lord. Moms, maybe you're teaching the kids tomorrow in school. Thus saith the Lord. Let's not forget this right here. This is what God has given us. Let's live it. Let's learn it. Let's preach it. Father, we come to you. We're thankful for all that you do. Thankful for this word. The word that you've given us is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Father, we get distracted. We can get frustrated. I pray that you would plant in our hearts a desire to preach your word. That we would not be silent. Father, just like Jeremiah hesitated for a moment, we can't help ourselves but get out there and preach it. Lord, help us as we go this week, Tuesday night, we assemble here at the church and prepare to share the gospel. Give us boldness. Help us to understand the importance of this, this message we preach. We need you, Lord. Go before us, we pray. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Let's all stand as the music begins to play.